I'm Liz Beattie, and this is the new Healthy Building Podcast. We basically tell real stories about transforming communities and saving the planet one building at a time. Sound like big talk? Eh, maybe for some, but not this group. Today, you'll find out why. As we talk with someone you'll hear from often in this podcast, Tim Cresswell is the CEO of Thomas Cole, Inc., Now, TCI, as it's known, is changing a lot of lives these days across Tim's home of Ontario, Canada. First, with powerful, new and proven clean building technology, but also with a movement that empowers educational and other communities around the technology and the learning to combat climate change. School boards have shown great leadership in using this technology to keep students, teachers, and everyone in their communities safe. You'll hear a lot more of those success stories in future episodes. But the benefits here to these learning communities extend far beyond the pandemic. And that's what we're looking at today. The challenges of climate change, the impressive numbers showing how some of these solutions can help, big time, and how to cultivate the next generation of climate change leaders. Listen in. Hi, Tim. Hi, Liz. So we're talking schools and a big technology mindset pivot already underway to tackle climate change. But first, some context. Of course, everyone is focused on making our schools safe right now across the province, across the country. While the pandemic may be consuming the attention of the world right now, it is not our only existential threat. We can't lose sight of climate change. Big picture, what are the challenges and goals of climate change that we're reaching for as a nation? Great place to start, Liz. If we go to the Paris Accord, There's two gates we must hit. The first one is 2030, which looks at a 37% reduction in carbon. The next gate is 2050, which is carbon neutrality. So if those are the goals, then what are the challenges ahead? And I identify it in, in these ways. Number one is culture. Are we ready as a community to take on carbon transformation? Two, Where are we going to get the money to do this? It's going to take a lot of capital to make the necessary changes to building, building infrastructure to reduce carbon. So that's the second. The third and fourth is our capacity and capability, our human capacity and capability to transform. We have a skills gap. And that's one of the biggest challenges that we have right now is the people capacity to take technology off the shelf and get it put into buildings successfully. Schools seem like a good place for this climate change battle to dig in. And boards are being challenged to reduce their carbon footprints and without costing taxpayers a lot of money, particularly when our economy has been slammed by the pandemic. I think you're pressing on the button. The big piece here is is capital. Uh, Right now, schools are funded by the province for capital, which is repair and replacement. If we rely on the government to pay for repair and replacement and at the same time invest money into clean technology, I can't see that working. In fact, the weight of this will be tremendous on taxpayer. 
we need to start thinking different. We're not going to be able to transform and hit those Paris Accord goals. That's 37% reduction and 100%. So what do we do? The one big lever that we have and we need to take advantage of is using the energy saved from deep retrofits and the energy made through the installation of new renewable technology as a source of cash flow to pay for these investments. A lot of energy reduction ways of the past may not be enough. Incremental improvements won't get us there. Time is of the essence. Absolutely. We need to understand what the energy chain looks like, the energy chain that flows through a facility. So these are the places that we'll find ways to save. Yep, exactly. And the energy chain is, is defined by loads, electrical loads, gas loads, and other f sources of fuel loads that are present in the building. What are the systems that feed that? That would be lighting, cooling, heating, etc. And then there's the plant. How is that uh, building service? Uh, we have electrical lines, gas, li gas pipes that go into the building. So when we peel this apart, the first thing we have to get at is shrinking the loads and systems in that facility. We need to get into lighting optimization, reducing our cooling load, heating load, etc., to its smallest form. And then the next step is to build on-site microgrids. This would be things like solar, geothermal, battery storage, and there's a, there's a list of these kinds of renewables. The goal, at the end of the day, we need to get rid of fossil fuels. We need to get rid of the carbon and go green. Cost is always important, but now more than ever, for obvious reasons. Let's drill down on that a bit. Yeah, that's a great question. We absolutely need to leverage existing capital that is coming from provincial grants to repair and replace systems in schools. We need to prepare ourselves for additional federal provincial funds. This is the money we don't know, don't know. We don't know when it's coming, but we have to be shovel ready to integrate these cash flows into the investment model. We need to lever utility company grants, uh, IESO and uh, gas companies have grants right now. Uh, we need to lever those into the integrated component of financing. And uh, we need to leverage the energy saved from retrofits, the energy made through renewable energy, as cash flows to pay for investment. So there is exciting clean air, energy-saving, duct-sealing technology out of a company called Nerva. It's laboratory-proven with thousands of installations across the U.S., but it's new to Canada. The results, even in single-school installations, are very impressive. I, I've been in the infrastructure business for nearly 40 years. And over that 40-year period, I never knew that air duct vessels could leak between 20 and 40%. Never knew that. Never knew the cost of that leakage. Hmm. And one thing that we've discovered is the promise here and the, the performance that duct seal offers to this mission of reducing carbon. Most ducts leak by on an average of 30%. So once we seal those ducts from the inside through a, through a product called AeroSeal, we're able to induce 30 to 40% more airflow into that space. That's a 30 to 40% more airflow into the space. Wow. Then the next step is how do we harvest the utility benefits from that. Utility harvesting, 
we're getting 30 to 40 percent more airflow now what can we do well if we apply variable frequency drives to these uh, fan systems we have an opportunity to harvest utility savings what that looks like is controlling fan speeds controlling the start stop modes of these fans scheduling etc all of that goes into optimizing airflow comfort indoor air quality and lastly it gives us a harvest on utility savings which by and large 30 to 40 percent of those savings are probably going to be gas it's going to be carbon that we're chasing so it's basically the old penny saved is a penny earned yep exactly now how do these impressive energy savings translate into cost savings walk us through that the information that we have today we see that we can reduce the overall utility cost of a, of a bill, an average school bill, by 8 to 12%. That is huge. And the payback, the return on investment, is in the area of five to seven years. Impressive. And as I mentioned before, 40%, roughly, of those savings will be in gas. So that when we take that reduction and compare it to the total gas cost, the total amount of carbon a minute from from gas we're harvesting a savings of somewhere between 10 and 15 percent so think of that 10 and 15 percent as it correlates to a 37 percent ghg reduction i would say this is a really good head start trending towards 37 percent reduction of carbon by 2030. and fuel prices with rising carbon taxes are going to increase as that cost increases that takes dollars out of the classroom now we're spending it on waste and utilities, and we're not spending the money in classrooms. And when you take a look at where the carbon tax is going for where we are in Canada, we're at $30 a ton right now. By 2030, we're going to be at $170 per ton. Let me translate that. The cost of fuel today for gas will be three to four times more expensive in nine years, just to put that in perspective. That's where this is going. So that's a lot less money for hot lunch programs, for iPads, for special ed programs that are already suffering. Absolutely. It just compounds more pressure on the goal of how do we find ways, pathways to get money into the classroom to benefit the education of our kids. Wow, those are striking numbers. Bottom line, duck ceiling can take a big chunk out of school climate change goals without a massive taxpayer burden. You know, if we looked at carbon and strategies as uh, that old metaphor of rocks, pebbles, and sand, I'm seeing duck seal as one of those big rocks that's in that container that we have to identify and get at sooner than later. To me, it begs this big question. Uh, what if we were able to take the results that you're seeing in you know, one-off schools or school boards and take this across Ontario? Can you walk us through the kind of results we might be looking at? Yeah, it's, 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 yes, it's mind-blowing. If I take the aperture, the lens, and let's put it right across Canada. Let's take it east to west. Statistically, we have about, in the vicinity of 5 million students in our public school system. We have 12,500 schools, roughly. The utility cost spend, the utility cost spend, is in and around a billion and a half dollars a year. Translate that, that's $300 per student, just to give that some perspective. If we mine that utility bill of 1.5 billion, now this is where I get into using energy saved 
and energy made. If we mine that into deep retrofits, we could create five to seven billion dollars of new capital investment paid from utility waste. Five to seven billion dollars. That's amazing. If we used energy made, we could create between 12 and 18 billion of new investment dollars to reinvest back into schools to pay for renewable technology. And the transformation and the reduction in, in greenhouse gas would be significant. I hazard a guess it would be somewhere in the vicinity of about 50% of the goal. And here's a big one. Jobs, it would create somewhere between 250,000 to 300,000 jobs. Apprenticeships, professional designations, right across Canada. What a great future for our youth to walk down that path. So tell us with Duck Seal, how do we know this is the real deal? Where's the testing and the scientific credibility? Yeah, great question. I want to bring in Mohawk College, one of our uh, exceptional uh, partners in all of this. Mohawk, they are our first hub uh, to launch climate change leaders. So they've been on this, this journey with us on increased airflow. And they're at the, uh, the center of the measurement and validation process. So let me explain that. When we go into CLA duct, uh, air duct, there is a, a, a pre-process of uh, getting that duct ready for sealing. It gets pressurized. There's a computer program that tells us the rate of leakage that's present in that duct system. So we have a, a pre-measurement that's validated by the, the researchers from Mohawk. Then when the process is completed, the duct is sealed, we re-measure that. So pretty, pretty instantaneously, it takes about an hour, an hour and a half to seal a duct. Within 90 minutes, we know the pre and post, and it's absolute. There's your percentage of seal, and then from there, we can calculate just how much energy we're going to save. Example, if we reduce the leakage by 30%, we can calculate that of the impact on our utility bill immediately. So it's pretty, pretty impressive, pretty solid. We talked in our first episode about your organization, Climate Change Leaders. Basically, it's an educational partnership between schools, colleges, and the private sector. It's really starting a movement with a mission to transform school buildings to low carbon and link that to experiential learning. So Duck Seal here is all part of that mission. And with that, it sounds like this technology is kind of turning schools into living labs. So true. Think about it. What if this transformation, the transformation of technology, the link to experiential learning, do become living labs for students? What if we can get the walls to talk? What would those walls say? And that's the possibility. That's, that's where we're standing right now in the doorway of this possibility. Think of 12,500 living labs talking to our kids. Pretty awesome. Wow, this potential impact in our schools is massive. So it makes one wonder about extending these solutions beyond schools. It seems like a massive baked-in boost to our economy, provincially, nationally. Give us a sense of that. Yeah, can you imagine the school infrastructure? This is the vertical infrastructure of buildings represents somewhere in the neighborhood of about 20 to 25% of the public infrastructure built space. 
So the numbers I quoted in terms of the offtake of the investment to transformed to carbon neutrality, 300,000 jobs. What if we multiplied that by four? What if that was 1.2 million people? And in this post-pandemic recovery, how would $1.2 million jobs look like right now? So that when kids graduate, they're graduating and producing, right? They find a home. It's our responsibility, in my opinion. We do need the best minds on this. I think so. You know, I mean, this is, uh, this is what communities do when they work together. Such exciting stuff, Tim. Where can people learn more about duck seal, active air purification, and climate change leaders? Excellent. So for climate change leaders, we would ask people to go to the thomascoleinc.com site. That's thomascoleinc.com regarding climate change leaders. And for those interested in active air purification, more airflow, we welcome you to go visit the cleanerairforschools.com. That's cleaner, C-L-E-A-N-E-R. A-I-R for schools.com. Tim, thanks so much. This has been fascinating. Thank you, Liz.